I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. Man, I told everybody. I told everyone. Everybody was doubting them. You know, the Yankees were at one point, I want to say, ten and a half back. They were dead 500. I believe it was 41 and 41 or something like that during that Mets series. Everybody counted them out. And here's me. Here's me. Positive Rob. Positive RJ. Optimistic as can be. Telling everybody. Baseball's a long season. You just got to be patient. Sometimes teams hit their stride late in the year. It's better to struggle early than to struggle late. And you guys were doubting that. And I told everybody, I said, don't doubt this Yankees team. They are for real. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Um, This is episode 275 of the podcast, BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Is it the cat that ran on the field? Is it the trade deadline? Is it... The fact that, I don't know. I don't know. There was something else I wanted to add in there that kind of correlates to their hot stretch over the last month plus, but I couldn't figure it out. But whatever it is, it's working. Whatever you want to put as the fire starter, whatever you count as the catalyst for this stretch the Yankees are on, go for it. Because winning is winning, man. And they're playing good right now. Um, yeah, no, listen, I, I, I was, and I'm not going to try to sit here and act like they won the World Series, but yeah, I was, I was very much down on this team. I was, I was in the dumps. I was out at one point. I started saying over and over, I am out on the New York Yankees. In fact, that was one of the thumbnails to this podcast. If you watch it on YouTube, um, subscribe to YouTube, to BD4 on YouTube if you haven't yet. Um, but no, man, I, listen, I'm a culprit. And, and let's be real. I mean, a lot of fans were saying the same thing. This team looked at 10 and a half out, 40 and 40 in the middle of the year. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be upset. Didn't look like the um, the front office was into it. Didn't look like Aaron Boone's job was going to be here, was going to be safe. It looked very grim. A lot of things to question. Was Cole going to be the same after the, the spider tack nonsense? Was, you know, it, it, it was bad. And not to say, again, not to say that this team is is now going to win the World Series 110%, but this looks like a baseball team that actually has a chance now to do something good, to do something great. It looks like a team that actually has a chance. Okay, read that, uh, listen to that again. They look competent. They look like a baseball contending team. They look like a team who knows how to play the game and is enjoying the game. So they continue to play better. They're more athletic. They're more exciting. 
The crowd is getting into it. Boone is making better decision um, decisions in that bullpen. We've got fill-ins like Velasquez. Bronx native making big moments and Wade is producing. Guys are using the whole field on the plate. We're balancing out the lineup now with some lefties in here. Alex Cora even gave us some praise after the game two of the doubleheader. If you give a shit. I don't. So, yeah. They, whatever you want to pinpoint. It's working. My buddy Greg, who um, is the host of Yankee Crazy Podcast. Go check him out. He, uh, we got a cat counter from when that cat ran on the field. I think it was during the Baltimore Orioles series at the stadium a few weeks back. The Yankees are now 13-3 and since the cat ran on the field. And, um, so that's where I'm going with here. But you can go back to the deadline. You can go back a little further than that, too. I don't know the numbers. They're not in front of me, but I know that they are, they have one of the best records in the game since, you know, not too much before the deadline. So, they they now have one, what, tonight was six wins in a row? Uh, and they are now 17 games above 500, which is insane to think about. They're now 17 games above 500, three percentage points away from a 600 record. Did not think, and the 600 record is usually like the, the benchmark for great teams in the regular season. I like to look at 600 is, is you know, the top tier clubs get 600. And we're right there. And more importantly, though, we are in second place now in this division. Five games back. But we are now a playoff team. As it stands today, we are leading the first wild card. Um, I don't know what Oakland's doing right now. If they're playing Chicago, it's a pretty tight game last I checked. But the Yankees are ahead of Boston. They took their spot. And of course, you have to look at teams. You know, Don't, don't forget about the, the Toronto Jays. The Blue Jays are always going to be hovering around. They have tremendous talent. And we're not done yet here, you know. Boston could very well make another run. But it's it's a marathon of a season. So, I love what I'm seeing. So, I, you know, if I have to eat my words, I, I will do it proudly, you know. Nobody's a model fan, all right? Don't come at me. Guys, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, be sure to do that right now. You can listen to BD4 on the many platforms we are on. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts. You can listen to us on all those platforms and more. And you can also watch the podcast on YouTube. The video feed is on YouTube, BD4. We do Yankees episodes every series, Knicks episodes every two games. If you like to read, you can follow along and subscribe to the blog that I write. I have a blog called It's My Opinion, where I recap the Yankees every game, as well as the Knicks when they are in season. This season, I've, I've been doing more series recaps. I haven't been able to do every game, just been busy and tired a lot with, with, with other things going on in my life. Um, but yeah. Subscribe to those two things, this podcast, BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees Index analysis. Subscribe to my blog, It's My Opinion. And you can also follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
all that information I just mentioned, you can find that on my link tree. Linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. It'll be on my link tree. Link tree displays all the links to that information. So it'll have the three social media links and the many different platforms for the podcast when you click that link, as well as the blog. So thank you for stopping by. Episode 275. It's crazy we are 275 episodes in. I'm your host, RJ. Now, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that I can be disappointed at all right now in the Yankees. They're playing too well. They are winning series. They are winning a bunch of series. They are finally sweeping some teams now, which was a big thing for me. You know, even when they were playing decent, I, I still wanted some sweeps because you can't just rely on winning series, especially against teams that you you think you should be beating. And we finally got some sweeps in, and this was an impressive team we swept. This was a very impressive team to sweep. I did not expect us to do this to the Boston Red Sox. We did it. So, yeah, man, that's that's impressive to me. Again, we're just playing good baseball. We're stealing bases, man. I feel like we're getting at least two stolen bases a game. We, we're running. We're doing sack flies. We're bunting. Joey Gallo attempted a bunt the other day. We're playing good defense. We don't even make those... Remember those ridiculous, absurd base running errors? We don't look like the same fundamentally fucked up team. Excuse my language, I don't like the curse anymore in the show, but we don't look like that team anymore. We look like a team that wants to win, a team that's hungry, and is exciting to watch. And it's crazy because I didn't think I'd be saying that. And you know what? I, I caught myself a couple of minutes ago after the after the win. I caught myself. And I don't like doing this, but I did. I caught myself. I always like to visualize scenarios in my head of, of going to more playoff games at Yankee Stadium. This season, I haven't been doing that often, but I caught myself doing it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... You know, it's something that um, is now very possible. We could be back in October. This team, this team looks good. They look good. We'll see what happens. Long way to go. 40 plus games remaining. But, um, yeah. Did not think they would be playing this well. You know, I, I put a lot of credit um, to Brian Cashman and Steinbrenner, first and foremost. They went out and made the moves, and I, I think that really did jumpstart them. And of course, Greg's cat. All right. So, welcome to the show. As I'm recording... Wednesday night, Wednesday night, August 18th, the Yankees just picked up the third win in a row against the Sox, sixth win in a row overall. So you are probably listening to this on Thursday, the 19th, 
Thanks for stopping by. We're going to head to break. When we get back, we'll recap it and we'll break some things down. Be right back. You are listening to RJ Carbone on BD4. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, you can do that right now. BD4 is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and you can also watch it on YouTube. There are plenty of other platforms to find this podcast. All you have to do is go to linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. And that will take you to where you need to be. Linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone in order to subscribe to this podcast. You know, I feel really guilty, not because I said all those things earlier in the year, but mainly I'm starting to bet on the Yankees now. I was betting against them and winning a ton of money back when they were struggling, but now I'm putting money on the Yankees and I'm winning. And I just feel like, what was I doing before? But again, I, you know what, man, whatever. If this is the way I think, if I'm... If I'm you know, deemed as irrational, so be it. I'm just passionate. You know, I have brains. I have my opinions that I think are very based and very, very uh, rational. I really do. Sometimes I can get it crazy, but if you listen to the show, as opposed to follow me on social media, I'm much more rational here. You know, I'll say some shit, but I'm much more rational. I make sense. Um, but I'm not really on Twitter as much as I as I um, had been earlier, I, I've, I'm trying to give it up. So I haven't, I haven't been on about a week or so, maybe two. Um, but yeah, just just know that, if anything. So let's get to the first game of the set a few nights ago. Yankees take this whole. First of all, they, they took the Angels game right. I don't even think we we, we should recap that one. That was an easy win. Uh, this is the makeup game from, I don't know, a month ago or so when they beat the Angels. Did they beat them two out of three? Or, I don't know, one out of two? I don't know. But they won that game. Um, but game one of this, this Boston series. Boston comes to town at the stadium. Coming out, coming off, uh, you know, last time these two sides played, they took three of four. But the Yankees win this one 5-3. And this is the first game of the doubleheader, so it's a seven-inning game. You had Montgomery versus Hauk. Um, and the Yankees get the Hauk first. Bottom of the second, we get on the board. With one out, Luke Voigt is hit by a pitch. Then you have Rutnan Odor uh, singling. Gary lines out in his first at back, back from the COVID list. But then Tyler Wade comes to the plate, gets a base hit to load them up. That's when you get Bronx native, what's his name, Andrew Velasquez. With one of his many big moments this series, 
um, delivers the big two-run single up the middle to score two runs for the Yankees to put them up 2-0. Boston does answer back on the top of the third. Uh, Monty retires the leadoff batter, but then he lets up a single and then issues a walk. Then he gets a ground out for a second out, but that advances the runners, and then he goes 0-2 on Bogarts, but this is where he misplaces a fastball, and a base hit ties the game at 2. Fast forward a couple of innings, Monty bit by the long ball in the top of the fifth. Vasquez, Red Sox catcher, he goes deep on him. Monty leaves a cutter middle-middle, and it's 3-2 Boston. But that's the big fifth inning. Bottom of the fifth versus Whitlock. I believe that's the guy we lost in the Rule 5. The Yanks answer back and take a permanent lead. Guardian Judge work one-out walks. Then you get a pitching change for the lefty Taylor to face Gallo. But he also walks. So you got bases loaded and one out for Luke Voigt. And Voigt also had himself a big series like like Vasquez. Well, Velasquez. Voigt jumps first pitch fastball. Gets a blue pit. It scores two. He makes up 4-3. Then Stanton pinch hitting for Odor to get the righty on lefty mismatch. So good call there by Boone. He singles up the middle. Gallo scores. It's 5-3 Yankees. The pen shuts it down from there and we win. The bats go for five runs on eight hits, six walks, four for 12 in scoring position, eight strikeouts, zero double plays. Few moments where we could have gotten more. Like in the fourth inning of game one, you had Odor and Wade singling, but we got nothing out of that. Uh, in the sixth, two. We put our first two runners on, got nothing. Voigt later in the inning had a two out walk, but JD Davis strikes out. Later gets sent down. Guardy, two, uh, he had two walks in this one. Judge worked a walk. Gallo worked a walk. Voigt, two big ribbies. Odor, a pair of hits. Stanton, the pinch hit single, like we said. Gary and Ofer, and he left five men on base in his return. Velasquez, big hit to start it off. Um, as far as the pitching staff, again, we, we concluded seven innings, three runs. Monty was unspectacular, but he was fine in his return, also from the COVID list. He went 4.2, three runs, six strikeouts, five hits, two walks. This was all on 78 pitches. Made just two mistakes, just a couple of mislocated fastballs that Cohn noted out. Um, some questionable decisions, but he was fine. Abreu got him out of that fifth inning with two outs, and he earned the win. Lasagna made it interesting, but he earned the save. You know, top of the seventh, he had one out, bases loaded, no out. No, you know, he had no outs. At first, it was bases loaded, no outs. Then he gets the, the line out to Gallo. His arm prevents Schwarber from tagging. Then he gets a huge K on Enrique Hernandez, and then another one to escape the jam against Hunter Renfro. So, another good move by Boone. He stuck with Lasagna during his struggles, and it paid off. So credit due. Lasagna has been the Yankees' best, most consistent relief pitcher. He might be in the conversation for American League Reliever of the Year. I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he's up there. Um. Yeah, he won two innings, three hits, three Ks. And that was it. The Yankees won the first game. Second game of the set. 
Yankees take this one 2-0. It was the night cap in seven innings. Luis Hill going up against Nathan Evaldi. A pretty fun matchup. Two flamethrowers. Bottom of the second inning. The Yanks score first once again. Evaldi gets two quick strikeouts on Stanton and Odor, which at the time, that was actually five strikeouts in a row in the game. It's pretty ugly. Yet, yeah, that was right before Heel struck out the side or right after. Then you get two quick strikeouts from Evaldi on Stanton and Odor. But then you get Voigt. Jumps first pitch again. Goes to right field for a home run. one nothing Yankees in the two. After four, the Yanks strike again with a long ball. Stanton goes in the bottom of the fourth, and he kind of goes goes and gets a low hanger from Evaldi. It was like a curveball that hung a little too long. And he takes it 441 feet to left field, into the bleachers. 2-0 Yanks. And that was it. That was that was the big... After the fourth inning, it was just shut down pitching. But the bats, two runs, eight hits, a walk, seven Ks, 0 for 9 scoring position. No double plays hit into and two stolen bases. Uh, they had many opportunities to score. In the first, DJ's leadoff singles wasted. He had two consecutive singles to start the third inning. Higgy and DJ, but that was wasted. In the fourth, after the Stanton homer, you had Odor doubling, Higgy walking, but we got nothing else. Judge had a base hit in the fifth. He's still second, but you had Gallo K, and then Stanton line out. And then the sixth, you had Wade with the infield single, but we got nothing out of that. But again, this was, we just got the two homers, and it was some great pitching that locked it up. This was the game where Voigt spoke up paraphrasing here, but he was saying something about how I deserve to get at-bats. I was top 10 MVP. I led the league in homers. Blah, blah. You know, he was kind of, he wasn't afraid to say it. And I like that. Say it how it is. I'm all for that. I think that can motivate him. So it's going to be interesting, you know, to see what they're going to do. Stanton doesn't really play the outfield regularly. He's had, he's started to play it more, but he's not playing it every day. So you have a lot of guys, you know. So there's going to be, there's going to have to be some kind of rotation if everybody is to get their fair share. Between Judge, Gardy, Gallo, Stanton, Voight, and Rizzo, somebody's going to have to sit each day. Somebody new. But yeah, my, like I said, it was Luis Hill and the rest of the yarns. But Luis Hill was huge. I mean, this kid, off to a strong start. Off to a strong start. He goes four, two-thirds, three hits, no runs, again, does have four walks, but four strikeouts to match and 71 pitches. He gets through it. Sent back down after, but he's going to be back. It's just for, you know, maneuvering roster space and such. Peralta earns the win, goes an inning and a third, two hits, no runs, no walks, 10 Ks. I'm sorry, 10 Ks, zero Ks. And then Green, the closer in this one, kind of going closer by committee. He earns a save. One inning, no hits, no runs, no walks, a strikeout. His last two outings have been better. He looks sharp. Looked electric in this one. But Luis Hill, I want to, I want to touch on him real quickly. I like him. I like him. Um, first off, he keeps his composure, right? That's the first thing you notice. He, he's very calm. He doesn't seem to be lost at any point, even when he's, when he's got men on base or if he's in a rhythm. That's what you gotta love. He's got a low heartbeat. You can't tell what's going on by looking at his facial expressions. So before we even talk about his talent, you gotta love that he's got that 
that that poise, that composure. We kind of said that about Davey Garcia too. But he's been pitching. You got to give him credit so far. He's got 15 and two-thirds innings under his belt so far over his career. Nine hits, no runs, seven walks, 18 strikeouts. A um, couple fun facts. He's the first pitcher in Major League history to have scoreless starts in each of his first three appearances. Uh, Katie Sharp put on Twitter that he is the first pitcher in the modern era since the 90s, or 1990. First pitcher in the modern era with 18-plus strikeouts and no runs allowed in his first three games. And this one's by Elias Sports. Only pitcher since 1893 to throw four and two-thirds scoreless in each of his first three outings. That's what that's that's pretty impressive. That last one. Because the only pitcher, not just a starting pitcher, to go scoreless four and two-thirds. That's a that's a hefty stat right there. It's a lot of innings each. But he's gonna make noise with his fastball. That's his pitch. Luis Hill is going to make noise with his fastball. It's his put away. Um, a lot of scouts say it's the best fastball in the Yankee system. It's graded at 75 out of 80 on the MLB pipeline scale. Sits at about 96 to 98 with elite life to it. He can touch triple digits when he goes upstairs. But it's got great movement. And the velo is what makes the pitch too. It's that combined, it's that combination of velo and movement. The life. The spin rate. He throws it over half the time. He's got a nice north to south approach with it. Very new age. As he likes to go upstairs and climb the ladder. He's got good, good, very good command of the fastball. The fastball command is not a problem. Um, it's some of his other pitches. His slider is his biggest off-speed weapon. But sometimes that looks... Like a power curve at times, or sometimes a cutter, because he throws it very hard. But with that pitch, he struggles sometimes with command. You know, a very high walk rate in the minors on a year-to-year -year basis. But it's not just the walks. A lot of times, he's going to lose command with that slider in the zone. So we got to watch out for that. Hasn't done it so far, obviously, but something to keep an eye on. But he does like to use that slider. We've seen him so far use it very early in account as a setup pitch to set up that fastball for the out. But it's a pitch that you could see has big league potential because it moves a lot and he can throw it hard. He's just got to learn how to hone it a little bit. His third pitch, he's got a changeup that he doesn't use a ton, but it can hit 93 miles an hour. It's got a lot of fade and a lot of sink. So that too can kind of get a little bit iffy. It sometimes looks more of a sinker. So he's got to find a way to kind of differentiate that from his fastball more. But if he can improve his secondary pitches, man, he'll be good, you know? Because once big league lineups figure out his game plan, his fastball attack, he's going to have a little bit of an adjustment period, kind of like Tyone did. Right? So if he could throw more strikes, get more consistency out of those breaking pitches, he'll be sharp. He'll be good. Hopefully he can be a good top-of-the-line rotation piece for this team going forward. But as a rookie, he's in a pretty good spot right now with the fastball leading the way. That's the catalyst pitch. Kind of reminds me of Severino when he first came upon the scene back in August of 2015. 
Kind of the same way, right? I still remember his debut. Watched it in a hotel from somewhere. I don't remember where I was. But Seve went like five strong against Boston. Might have been at Fenway too. And he finished the year with like a 2-8. So, so we've seen it before. We've seen Seve do it. We've seen Davey do it. Come up towards the end of the season and have some success. And, you know, Davey's obviously struggling right now. Seve, unfortunately, has dealt with a bunch of injuries. And a lot of times he hasn't pitched up to expectations. So hopefully Louis Heel is a guy that we can get some consistency with. As Severino's got to figure out what, what are we doing here as he's getting the... Uh, I think he got the MRI. We're just awaiting the results now. That's unfortunate. But yeah, man, I love I, I love what I'm seeing from this uh, Luis Hill kid. Game three tonight. The Yankees won this one four to one. You had Andrew Heaney versus Pavetta. Pavetta. Top of the first. It looks like Heaney's going to do it again. Bogarts takes him deep um, off a high fastball. It's one nothing Boston. Bogarts kind of taunts the Yankees, but don't worry, the Yankees in the bottom of the second string together a bunch of base runners and they get the lead. Stanton with a base hit, Odor walks, and Gary gets the bloop single. Then Guardy with the sack fly, and then Velasquez again, a big base hit to right field to play two more runs. It's 3-1 to one Yankees. Velasquez steals second. DJ grounds out, but Rizzo had a uh, he hits a hard grounder to first. I think they counted it as an infield single. So that's an RBI single. Four to one Yankees. Pavetta eventually pulled when he walks Judge. The Yankees didn't get anything else that inning, though, until the bottom of the eighth when they tacked on. Gary shoots a double into the right center gap. I think it was against Adovino. I'm not sure. I can't remember. And then Velasquez singles on a ground ball to Verdugo. Two more come across. Yeah. Four RBIs this series? Or this game? I think I screwed up somewhere in the stats, but if you watch, you watch. Top of the ninth, Chapman returns, and he's rusty. The velo is not there. The command is very off. He seems to be overthrowing a bit. First batter he faces in Enrique Hernandez. He goes full count, but he gets the strikeout. Then he serves up a 456-foot bomb to Hunter Renfro on a fastball right down the pipe. Just caught way too much plate. That was the seventh homer this season uh, that Chapman's allowed, tying his season high. Litke starts to warm up as Chapman walks Bogarts. Then he gets... Devers 0-2, but he gives him the splitter, and Devers smokes it for a hard line drive. Rizzo knocks it down, he gets the out. Now you get J.D. Martinez at the plate, but Chapman throws him a first pitch fastball, and he gets a base hit to right. Brings up the tying run with first and third and two outs. That's when Chapman gets pulled for Litke. Litke comes in, long at-bat against Ploiecki, but he gets the job done versus the right-hander. Tough ground ball to Velasquez's Velasquez's right, but he fields it. Hard throw that bounces to Rizzo. Rizzo positions himself nicely. He fields it cleanly, and the Yanks win. They review the play. Not conclusive enough to overturn the Yanks win. It's a great play. Rizzo comes back, and he 
already makes an impact on both ends. Velasquez, Bronx native, cool story there. Who knows how long he's going to be a Yankee, but he's filling in for Torres just fine right now, and even for Wade while he sits. Yankee bats go five runs, seven hits, six walks, seven strikeouts, four for eight scoring position. Again, no double plays. None this series. And two more stolen bases. Gary and Velasquez with multi-hit games. Rizzo and Velasquez with multi-RBI games. The only Yankee that did not reach base. DJ LeMayu with an 0 for 5. Um, on the other side, Andrew Heaney. <laughs> you know, trying to change the narrative here. Right? Just a couple of... One episode ago, I was talking about how he should not be in the rotation when Kluber and Domingo get back soon. It should be Cortez in there. It should be Luis Heel in there. And I still think that, but Heaney's trying his best. Puts up his best outing as a Yankee. His first three outings were not very good. Two of them were awful. One of them was very mediocre. But this one is, is he was exceptional. He was brilliant. He goes seven strong. Two hits, one run, two walks, four Ks, one home run on 108 pitches. Um, since that Bogarts home run early on, the Sox just had one hit in the next 21 batters. So, he found it. He worked well with Gary Sanchez, and he found it. So, the Yankees sweep. Get the broomsticks out. Be happy. Celebrate. Let's get ready for the Twins. We'll be right back. When we get back, we'll try and wrap this thing up. Stay with us. You can follow me on Facebook at r.j.carbone. You can follow me on Instagram at robjcarbone. And you can follow me on Twitter at nysportstalkrc. And if you want to follow along with the blog that I write, subscribe to It's My Opinion on nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. So, all's looking pretty good right now. You know, Yanks may be changing the tune a little bit. Boston against, especially against Boston. Boston wins the first game, uh, seven games against New York this season. But now we get the sweep here. Take their spot in the standings. Get some separation from them tonight. A little bit. But again, we have to be careful. A lot of games left. They're still a good team. The Jays are still hovering, like I said. And, um, yeah, we've, we've got Minnesota for four now. I think they're coming to the stadium for four games. Jamison Tyone takes the bump tomorrow night, and he's been pitching well. A lot of guys have been pitching well. So, yeah. Let's get to the, um, sorry, just trying to situate this here. I think that's all I have to add. The Yankees play is speaking for itself. So 
Let's go to the NYY, NYK question of the day, and we'll wrap this thing up from there. One second. So, last time out, in episode 274, my question for you, our NYY, NYK question of the day was, which Yankee was the first American League relief pitcher to win the Cy Young? The answer to that question, Sparky Lyle. Sparky Lyle, and I believe that was in 1977, three years after Mike Marshall became the first pitcher ever in the National League this time, obviously, to win the Cy Young. First relief pitcher ever was Mike Marshall. But the first Yankee relief, I'm sorry, the first, fuck, the first American League relief pitcher to win a Cy Young was New York Yankee Sparky Lyle. Next, um... I'm all fucked up right now. I'm sorry. This episode, in episode 275, our NYY NYK question of the day brought to you by Anchor. Best way to make a podcast, go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app. Our question for you. What year was it when the Yankees swept the Boston Red Sox in five regular season games? There was a year where there were a bunch of postponements and they all... All those, all those makeup games were, were just a one five-game series in the regular season. So when was that? What year was that when the Yankees swept the Red Sox in five games during the regular season? I'll give you a clue. If you want a clue, Torrey was the manager. So this was obviously during that era. All right, so let me know the answer to that question one last time. What year was it when the Yankees swept the Boston Red Sox in five regular season games? Hint, Tory was the manager. That's our NYY NYK question of the day brought to you by Anchor for episode 275. And that's our episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, I appreciate anybody who does tune in. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, saying thank you for listening to BD4 or watching BD4, maybe if you're doing so on YouTube. Thank you for stopping by. That's all we've got. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Ciao. This episode is brought to you by Anchor, podcasting made easy.